This is a Podfire production. Welcome to this week's episode of the Queensland Corridor Footy Podcast. Today there are another four QAFL teams previewed and we discuss how the Queensland teams fared in round one of the AFL. We also welcome a special guest to discuss the upcoming VFL season. Hope you enjoy listening. And here we are again in episode three of Queensland Corridor Footy. My name's Rob and I've got Brendo with me today. How are you going, Brendo? G'day, Rob. How are you buying? Yeah. Excellent, mate. Excellent. So let's get straight into it today because we do have a guest who I'll introduce very shortly. But um, let's get straight into it. And um, what are our eye catches for the week? Yes, Rob. Well, I've been speaking to quite a few of the clubs around and I've really been, my eye has been caught by the level of support that we're getting in the AFL Queensland community. It's been terrific and really exciting for uh, the competitions and and for this podcast in particular. Yeah, we've had a lot of people uh, messaging the podcast via our Facebook page, which is Queensland Corridor Footy. We will have all the other socials coming up this week. So I know we've got Instagram and uh, Twitter coming along this week as well. So we'll update that next week. For me, it was just having footy back. I mean, um, in the from the AFL level, you know, to um, get into that routine again. I know it started Wednesday, which is a which is early in the week, but we'll get back into that Friday to Sunday night um, routine very soon. And I know that my wife has now resigned herself to the fact that she has a four-day-a-week husband. Actually, we'll make it three after because she's been told not to ring me during the podcast this week. So uh, um, she's got a three-and-a-half-day-a-week husband. So, But um, she's pretty happy with that because I'm sure Pack Fair and those places will get a nice old workout. So, yeah, having footy back. And I spent the weekend in Melbourne. I had to go down for work, so... It was heaven for me. I got to go to Marvel Stadium on Friday night and then off to the MCG on Saturday to watch a couple of games of footy, which was fantastic. Okay, so let's have a look. We've got the AFL this week. So we've had um, both the Queensland teams having a win. The Lions 11-14-80, defeating the Power 10-9-69. Joey Danaher kicking four goals. Lockie Neal... Lifted the game after quarter time. I think he had three possessions at quarter time and ended with 31. Um, what did you think of that one, Brendo? Yes, yeah, so it's it quite an interesting game. Very hard-fought victory, obviously. Uh, early in the game, you could tell whether it was round one nerves or whatever it was. It was actually quite scrappy at times. And we weren't too sure that it was two of the heavyweights in the AFL or, or a couple of teams towards down the bottom. But look, as the game went on, the Lions started finding form, getting stronger, and in the end it was a pretty good win by the Lions. I think they'll be very happy to take the four points from round one. The game had a lot of feel of what we saw 12 months ago against the Swans, but obviously 12 months ago the Swans were able to hold them at bay, and um, it was a, a disappointing result in round one 2021, but um, I think hopefully that shows a little bit of improvement in the team to get through the adversity and um, have pick up four points. What do you think, Rob, uh, before we move on, what do you think of the incident with uh, Joe Danaher and right on the siren there. Brain, brain fade or good team play? Brain fade, without a doubt. I mean, there's no doubt he should have been well aware of how long there is to go. I mean, people in the crowd know how long. We, we see them put the um, the board up on the bench to tell us how long to go in the quarter. Um, so he should have known. Um, but again, it's one of those things that he, he's done it. Um, and as Joe does, he gets up and he's smiling, um, which... I found um, I found humorous because Joe's always looking like he's smiling. But look, I don't think he'll do it again. And it might have been a different answer from me if the Lions hadn't have won. Yeah. So look, having said that, you could tell he's. It's not all about Joe. You know, he is trying to involve his teammates, and you know, a little part of me sort of liked what he was trying to do. Yeah. There. yeah. Maybe the execution wasn't great, but I what? think the intent was probably 
you know, in a oh, good Oh, for place. sure. For sure. Absolutely no doubt. Let's have a look at yesterday, though. This was the game that I was really looking forward to because with Gold, Gold Coast playing the Eagles and the Gold Coast Suns 16-11-107 beat the Eagles 12-8-80. The um, Isaac Rankin show was on with four goals and Matt Rowe, 33 possessions. I'd been looking forward to this game all week because I thought it was a real chance for the Suns to make a statement over there. They were obviously up against a West Coast team that's depleted through injury and illness, but to come away with a 27-point win I think was a fantastic result for them. Yeah, well, interestingly, yes, the Eagles were depleted, no doubt about that, but I think the AFL world would have been quite impressed with what they actually dished up. The Eagles? The Eagles. They, yeah. they didn't look like... A non-AFL side. Uh, you know, there was still a smattering of, of premiership players and, and um, seasoned hands there. And some of their young players that got injected added quite a lot. So for the Suns to overcome that was a, a, a win full of merit. And, and Matt Rowell, 33 possessions. The talk was last year that he may have gone through the season with a bit of osteitis pubis and that he was fully fit yesterday. I wasn't sure how long that was going to last after Willie Rioli got him front on. He's a bit of a kamikaze, isn't he? Both of those guys are. So, Willie Rioli um, definitely got him. And I thought if he gets up, you know, is he going to be fit to play? But he, he, he actually lifted his, game, lifted his game after that to a new level. And, and he was fantastic. So yeah, and you can see for a young fellow, probably 19 or 20 years old, he is really a, you know, come with me fellow sort of guy. Yep. Uh, leads from the front. And you mentioned I was at Rankin earlier. Look, he kicked the four goals. But what I was impressed, I thought it was by far his best game of AFL football. Agree. And I think it was around work rate. I think he had 20, 25 possessions. Uh, but got, a lot, got to a lot more contests. I think definitely he's a lot fitter this year. Yep. And maybe the pennies dropped that you can't just rely on the flashes of brilliance and uh, the talent to get you through. You know, it was real workmanlike. And, and I'm sure all Suns fans would have appreciated that. I think all footy fans will appreciate that. Very quickly on to the AFLW. There was no game this week that had to be postponed due to COVID hitting the Collingwood Club. So still, as we record this now, we haven't been given an update as to when it will be played. We believe it will be this weekend and the final, the grand final will be pushed back a week. Um, but we'll await that one. So we'll talk about that one next week. And we're going to throw in just the academy games just quickly into this little area. Um, just because we do have a guest coming in to um, talk in the next segment. Um, the Academy Games, the Lions 6-7-43, lost to GWS 6-10-46. Uh, apparently it was a goal after the siren for the, for the um, Giants. Uh, Fletcher, Jackson Mills, two that we talked about last week. Um, Jasper Fletcher and Jackson Mills, both in the best again. Bailey Tome and Thomas Cuthbert were in the best there. The Suns, they kicked a goal after the siren, but they fell just short. 9-6-60 to the Swans 9-12-66. Finn Brown, Jed Foggo, Finn Hay and Joshua Young amongst their best players. And the other game that I had was the Queensland under-18s. Just a bit of an update there for the for the women's team. Defeated the Maruchidor AFLW team 4-13-37-1-6-12. Apparently that, um, that was very close up until uh, halftime. I think it was one goal to each at halftime. So they were just, just quickly those ones there. And obviously we'll, we'll talk about those games going forward in the next few weeks as well. So did you did you hear anything else about those games at all, Brendan? Oh, look, I, I spoke to a couple of people about the Suns game in particular. It was a very hot day up at Burpengary, very windy, so it was a bit of a scrappy affair. But, um, you know, the Suns were probably a little disappointed that they're unable to replicate their great form from the previous week. 
Uh, the, sun, the Swans came in with a lot of pressure, but um, you know there'll be learnings from the game, and I'm sure they'll be bigger and better going forward. All right, into our next segment, and this is where we have, for the first time on Queensland Corridor Footy podcast, we've got a special guest in the studio, Brendo, and today we have Jared Field, who's the footy manager of the Southport Sharks VFL side. Welcome, Jared. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Harry. Good to be here. Absolutely brilliant to have you in, and you'll always be our first ever guest, so <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, Jared, just tell us, how, how did you get to become footy manager at, um, at the Sharks? Uh, well, like uh, many other people involved in Queensland footy, born and bred in Melbourne, uh, moved up here after a uh, pretty ordinary playing career. And uh, so I started coaching pretty young in my 20s and spent a few years at, uh, at Broadie uh, with the Gold Coast Under-18s as well and also uh, with Labrador in the QAFL. So, uh, yeah, ended up working full-time in footy uh, in the footy management area and, uh, and ended up at Southport at the end of 2015 and I've been there ever since. Excellent. So, Brendo, I might uh, throw over to you. I know you've got a few questions ready for Jared. So, yeah. let's see how we go. So, just for our listeners, you know, the term footy manager probably is a bit all-encompassing. But for a lot of our listeners, what would you do on a day-to-day basis, and what do you sort of go? How do you go about your business? Well, it is all-encompassing. I think you're responsible for pretty much everything that happens in the footy department. You you employ the coaches, the, uh, the medical staff. You recruit the players. You help them settle into life on the Gold Coast. Find them jobs. Find them places to live. Um, so yeah, you're pretty much responsible for everything, um, across the men's and now the women's as well. So she's pretty full on, mate. Yeah, and like logistics around traveling with the VFL side. Just yeah. Well, I mean, about that. yeah, we, we, we booked the flights and we booked the hotels and, and the buses and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, the AFL funds that obviously for the clubs at our level, but, um, yeah, there's a fair bit involved in that as, as even as far as, you know, picking what we're going to eat when we, uh, when we get to the hotels in Melbourne. So we're traveling this weekend. Uh, down to Punt Road for round one, so um, all that's uh, well underway. So just just for our listeners, you know, shape how that works. When do you play? When do you fly down? You know, yeah, well, this weekend, just for example, so we we've got a eleven thirty five game in uh, at Punt Road on Sunday, uh, which is ten thirty five for those in Queensland. That will be live streamed too through uh, uh, the AFL platform. So you go to the AFL website. There'll be a link there to uh, to watch that game live streamed. Uh, but we'll be flying at uh, about 2 o'clock on Saturday. We'll get down there. We'll lose an air in the air, uh, bus to the hotel. Uh, we'll have dinner there, and then the boys will have a pretty early night, just watch the footy in the hotel room on Saturday night. Uh, we'll be up early, uh, go and have a walk or something Sunday morning, brekkie, and then head to the ground and uh, try and get uh, try and get a win in round one like we did last year. And you'd fly back after the game on yeah, Sunday? Yeah, pretty much straight after the game. About an hour after the game, we'll bus straight to Tullamaroon and and get the boys home because you know, they've all got jobs and got to go to uni and everything. So um, that's, the, that's the difference between the, the amateur clubs, I suppose, and the, and the, and the, and the AFL clubs. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so I might just turn our attention to the Quaffle Women's Competition. Now, um, Southport's been fortunate enough to be granted a licence for this season. Um, can you pro- provide some insights on you know, how that's gone about, uh, you know, moving up a competition and, and how you've gone about sort of fielding a team in the in the elite competition at um, Quaffle Women's level? Yeah, well, we've got a really strong junior girls program from under nines right through to under 17s. And um, up until two years ago, we had no pathway, well, we had no senior senior team. So the board decided um, for the 2020 season that we would enter our first senior women's team. So we played in the QFA Division One competition, which is one level down from State League footy. 
um, managed to uh, managed to win that the first year, which was uh, quite exciting for a lot of people, uh, and then uh, backed it up um, again the second year, uh, won the grand final, beat Surface Paradise and the Granny both years. So we were pretty lucky um, in that respect, but. Uh, during the second year, we made the decision that we would have a have a go at uh, at going up and playing in the QAFLW. So, we did a bit of work on a, on a, a number of areas we needed to uh, to get right around the club, and um, we were granted a license to go into the state league with the women. So it's been a, a a gradual progression, I suppose, over a couple of years. But we're there now, and we're pretty excited. We got our first game uh, this weekend. So, were you able to, or was it required to increase your training loads and? Training standards, or perhaps um, dedicate some more coaching. Yeah, this space. obviously some more coaching. So the difference between QFA Division One is you have one one senior team, but at state league level, you need seniors and reserves. So obviously more coaches, more medical staff, that sort of thing. But the quality of our coaching hasn't changed. We put good people in the places uh, a couple of years ago, and that's uh, we've just carried that over into into state league. And and based on our practice match results. I think that uh, I think that's all going to stand up at state league level. Fantastic. And yeah. whereabouts where have the girls playing this week? Uh, at Yoronga this week. So Excellent. round one, we're away. Uh, yep. The men are in Melbourne. And then next week, uh, we're having a triple header at Southport on the Saturday. The VFL team will play Williamstown. And uh, the girls will be at home as well. So it'll be the first triple header we've actually able to have at uh, Fankhauser Reserve. It'll be like... Um Footy in the VFL in the yeah. 70s and 80s, yeah, you know, we'll starting early and finishing late. When it was really good. Yeah, it was excellent. Yeah. So just uh, turning our attention to the VFL men's competition now, just for our listeners very quickly, if you could just perhaps provide a little bit of insight around listing rules and maybe some general club philosophies where you look to recruit players from and so forth. Yeah, so we're, we're able to put together a list of 40. So obviously a lot of those we target um, throughout the previous year, we've, we were pretty strong last year. We Unfortunately, our season didn't get uh, didn't get to finish, but we won nine of our ten games last year. So our priority was to re-sign the existing list, and we were able to do that except for about three or four that we wanted to keep. Um, so once we got that in place, we look at the look at the deficiencies, I suppose, in the list and try and target some players that are going to help fill those. So we needed to bolster our midfield, and, um, and we were able to do that. But generally, you know, to be competitive at this level... Guys have probably got to play VFL as a, as a minimum or, or be really good TAC Cup players or, or NAB League as it is now. Um, but, yeah, if we can add three or four guys that have played AFL footy as well, that certainly stands you in good stead. So, you know, we think our list on paper is going to be competitive, but, you know, that doesn't guarantee you anything. So from uh, uh, the ex-AFL players, who have you managed to add for this year? Oh, so we've got um, uh, Boyd Woodcox come off Port Adelaide's list. Uh, and he's shown some really good form in the practice matches. Uh, Jacob Townsend, obviously former Richmond um, Premiership player. Uh, he was delisted by the Suns and wanted to stay on the Gold Coast. So um, Jacob's come on board. Uh, Jay Lockhart's come off Melbourne's list. Um, so he's uh, originally Tasmanian, but he's pretty keen to have a, have a stint on the Gold Coast. So he's up here at the moment as well. Um, but we've also got, uh, on our list of 40, we've got some returning Queenslanders that have come back. So Jacob Heron and, and Max Spencer, who were, were both ex-sons uh, a couple of years ago, they've returned to returned to Queensland and, uh, and are going to play VFL footy with us. So of our list of 40, we've actually been able to get to a stage now where we've got a 50% of our list of Queenslanders. So uh, we just want to make sure that we're the... 
you know, we're the preferred pathway for young Queensland kids to have a crack at the VFL rather than having to go to Melbourne or Adelaide. Uh, we want them to stay on the Gold Coast and play VFL in their backyard. Yeah, and it's fantastic to be able to provide, you know, young elite talent with that pathway. So, you know, there's no doubt that Southport Sharks do provide a very important pathway there. I've lived on the Gold Coast. Oh, I lived in Queensland, sorry, for 30 years. And during that time, Southport Sharks has been, have been the benchmark for Queensland footy. That's always been the case. And it's, it's a credit to them to have the team in a position where, you know, half the team is coming from Queensland and it is a real developmental step for a lot of players, you know, to, to take that next step and, you know, possibly be drafted as well, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's um, living on the Gold Coast and playing in the VFL is a pretty attractive sort of thing for, for footballers. And if you, if you don't have to leave and, and go into state, and you've got, you know, challenges around, you know, work, living arrangements and, and COVID as well. Um, yeah, it's, you're much better off staying home and playing here. So you've played a couple of pre-season games. Uh, how's the form been so far? Yeah, we played, uh, we've played Brisbane twice. So we played them a couple of weeks ago up at Burp and Gary in uh, Darwin-like conditions. It was ridiculously humid and uh, we probably got beaten by about five goals up there. So that was a bit of a wake-up call. We've had an interrupted pre-season, but um, that certainly... Uh, we, we took stock after that game. Um, we had an intra-club the following week and then we played Brisbane again yesterday. And we managed to prevail by three points. So, you know, we have shown, uh, shown some improvement over those those couple of week breaks. So hopefully we're uh, we're ready to go next uh, next Sunday at Punt Road. Yeah. So, look, Jared, that's been a great insight. But just one more for me um, before we go. A couple of players that our listeners might not have heard of. Maybe a couple of local guys or guys who have been on your list for a couple of years that perhaps might break out have a big season. Yeah, look, I, I'd probably go with Max Peskett. So he's a uh, Surface Paradise junior that's come through uh, the Suns Academy program. Didn't get picked up. Uh, he's come to Southport. He's um, he's very dedicated young man now. He's uh, he's in the gym every day that he's not training. Uh, his pre-season form's been terrific. And uh, barring a COVID mishap this week, I'm pretty sure he'll be uh, debuting for us on Sunday at Punt Road. So he's an exciting young talent, this kid. It's pretty exciting for any kid to make their debut, but um, to make it a punt road must be something yeah. pretty and exciting and for good, sure. And good that uh, Jared's given us the scoop on selection. Oh, yeah. We, um, I did, didn't pick up you've on heard that. It, you've heard it here first on Queensland Corridor Footy. Debutante this weekend no, for the Southport Sharks. Been going really, really well, young Maxie. Then one one from me as well, um, one final one is, we, you talked about the COVID situation and how that's interrupted seasons, a couple of seasons in a row for you guys. Um this year, with the AFL being able to have COVID backup players, uh, do you guys have many that have fallen into that category? Yeah, we have. We've got uh, eight that have been listed by the Suns. So uh, we've got Boyd Woodcock, um, Joel Crocker, Kwabi Boakie, Jacob Townsend, Fraser Thurlow, Jay Lockhart, Max Spencer and Jacob Dawson. So at some stage, if the Suns have a COVID uh, emergency during the year, uh, the Suns are able to call on those guys to come in and train and play with the Suns at AFL level only, not in the VFL against us, yep. but they can play at the top level. So there's a couple of guys on there that uh, that haven't played an AFL game and it'd be fantastic if they got the opportunity to uh, to do that. You yeah. hope it doesn't happen, but if it does, yeah. you know, it's, it's a great opportunity for them. It'd be fantastic for the individual if they got a, got a chance. Any tip for the VFL? Who might be the, the tough teams to beat in the VFL competition? Any idea? Oh, look, I think realistically... Uh, this season's going to be decided uh, around injury and COVID. The sides that are least affected by 
uh, heavy injury rate and, and, and they can keep their team on the park and healthy and away from COVID, I reckon they're going to be the ones that uh, are going to be fighting at the finish. So that's the challenge for us. Um, we just want to keep our list healthy. Thanks, Jared. Thanks for your time. You can hang around for our quaffle previews. Absolutely. Very interested in the quaffle. Okay, Brendo, that brings us to the quaffle. Now, before we start our quaffle previews, last week I was given, I was actually given two jobs with the quaffle. One was to relay the, the, um, the scoop that we had about the Aspley captains, and the other one I may have missed. And that was to, um, it was again with Aspley too, but um, it was Aspley, when we spoke to them, or when you spoke to them, they did um, go to lengths to say that they wanted to have a shout out for Matt Payne, who had left the club after, I think it was 10 years of service at the club. And they wanted to thank him for that service because, um, you know, he, he's a stalwart of the club and he's he's moved over to Wilson Grange now. So to all the people at Aspley, I'm sorry, that was, uh, that was me getting too excited on the run sheet again. But um, hopefully there's a big shout out for Matt this week. Yeah, and look... Um Obviously, Matt Payne's been a champion of Queensland footy and served the Aspley Footy Club great um, over the years and, and well done to Aspley for wishing him well um, yep. going forward. Yeah, and a great pick-up for Wilson Grange. So let's get into this week's preview. So who have we got first up? Oh, firstly, actually, the run sheet again. I've, I've almost done it again, but I'm going to stop myself there. So let's just a real quick look at the scores. Maruchidor beat Wilson Grange by three points in a close game. Labrador had a comfortable win over Morningside. Broadbeach defeated Mount Gravatt. Surfers played the Division 1 side in Bon Uni and had a win there. Aspley defeated Redland by 21 points. And Noosa, they played a Division 1 team in Calandra too and they had about a 15-goal, 15, 15-16-goal 15, win there too. So that's just a little bit of an update there in the practice games. We're only two weeks away from the season proper starting. So let's have a look at the next four teams. Okay, so we'll start off with the Morningside Panthers, um, coached by Clint Watts, who was actually a Joe Grant medalist, uh, best on ground in the Quaffle Grand Final way back in 1998. Um, I think he's got links to Southport as well, does he not, Jared? Hall of Fame member at the Sharks, mate. Hall of Fame member at the Sharks, probably played in a couple of flags there at some stage, no doubt. Absolutely. I think anyone who's played at Southport's played <laughs> in a couple of flags at some <laughs> stage. Yeah, so, look, Morningside's key ends. They've got Keegan Downey, who's a key forward from the strong Mornington Peninsula League. He's got big wraps on him. Uh, they've re retained Brad Dale and Tom Jeffrey, who were Aspley listed previously. And they've got Max McDonald, a ruckman from the Sunshine Coast, who's moved down from Brisbane and is fitting in nicely at, at the Panthers there. Um, look, they've lost one or two Aspley-listed players that have been, you know, also aligned with Morningside previously. And Henry Joyce, who's been a very good player in Queensland footy over a number of years, has chosen to hang it out, hang them up for this year. Um, one to watch, young fellow by the name of Wilson Barry, has been training the house down and, and ready to ready to take the next step. So um, Wattsy and, and the Morningside boys are very excited to see how he goes. And look, Morningside, look, they've been a great club for as long as I can remember. Uh, I actually looked it up today. They've won nine premierships in the last 30 years. So that's quite an extraordinary sort of ratio. Yeah, again, when, when I came to Queensland, it was Southport and Morningside were the two powerhouses yeah. of football in those years. And I think played off in a few grand finals in a row back in the late 80s, early 90s. So yeah, they are. And they've produced some great footballers too. Yes, you know, some of the footballers, you know, the bosses and and so forth have come from Morningside. At so the they've time. been a great club for a very long time. Um, so, look, they're, 
they're focusing on building within and, and, and what you said, they just want to be a consistently competitive football club and turn up every year. Okay, so, um, you know, they're, they're very good at that. And how do you think they'll go this year, Brendo? Look, I think they'll be a mid-table team. I think they'll yep. sneak into the finals. Yeah, so they snuck into the finals last year. Yeah, I think yep. about that's about where they'll be again this year. Excellent. Okay, so next on our list of teams to look at is Mount Gravatt. Um, Tony Lynn is a coach there. He played for Carlton and the Brisbane Bears back in the day. So who have they got coming into the team this year? Look, they're excited to have the return of Luke O'Sullivan coming back from the knee fall. He's an inside mid. Dylan Smith returning from Aspley. He's a key defender. And Robbie Blood, who, who played a bit of footy, actually seen a fair bit of Robbie Blood play. He's a Rolls-Royce when he's up and going. Unfortunately, he's had a couple of seasons wrecked a little bit by injury, but um, they're confident they can get him on, on the field this year. Um, Fraser Neat and Chris Murphy are their, their key outs. Uh, they've got a couple of young guys uh, that they're excited about for this year. Dane McDonald won the BNF and has last year and has had a massive preseason and is ready to, to take it to a new level. And Zach Young, uh, once his uh, academy uh, duties are finished, he'll, he'll um, come in with immediate impact. Now, I know they're focusing on a change of culture this year at the club. Um, they've got a leadership group. I think there's about five in their leadership group. Do you have the details on that one? Yeah, so the Malkovat, you know, they, they sort of probably recognised last year probably weren't quite to where they wanted to be to contend at Quaffle level. So, you know, credit to the club and the players and the leadership for wanting to increase the professionalism of the group and bring through the junior development. And they're very excited about their juniors. And, and Jonah Light, Todd Carboni, uh, Dylan Smith, Taj Townsend and Luca Sullivan have been outstanding in, in um, you know, leading that change. And, uh, you know, training standards have been up, numbers at training have been fantastic. And they've all been re- working really, really hard to improve where they're, where they're at. So um, no doubt we'll see some um, fruits of that investment in, in, in effort over the time. Yeah, I might just ask Jared a question when we talk about leadership groups at, at this level of football. How important is it to have really strong leaders in community football clubs like Mount and Southport and things oh, like that? Oh, absolutely. We've, we've been very lucky. We've had uh, Andrew Boston, uh, who's now at Labrador, and Seb Tape, who's just stepped down as, as captain. But they've, they've led the charge at, at Southport for the last five seasons. And yep. they've been outstanding. And I think that really uh, you know, leads the way on the culture side of things. And if you've got good leaders, it just, it just reverberates right through your playing group. Um, so we've just replaced our captains. Yep. Uh, Jacob Dawson, former Burley junior, yep. is now our, our senior co-captain, along with Michael Manteet, who played in our premiership in 2018. So both those boys are former best and fairest winners. And um, I, I think it's critical that you get the, get the leadership right. They've just got to be thinking team all the time and sometimes sacrifice, you know, for yep. the good of the team. So it sounds like Mount Gravatt are on the right track in focusing on developing that leadership Yeah, group. I mean, they've got a really young list, um, but the, the guys that are, are they've got to set the example of those, those leaders, absolutely. That's awesome. Thank you for that insight. That's fantastic. Let's go up north. So I, I think uh, Mount Gravatt, very quickly, I suspect they're in a, a year of development, yep. um, but they'll win a few games. They're very hard to beat at Dittmar, Dittmar Oval there. Um Actually won a meat tray there over the weekend. You won the meat tray. I won the meat tray at Ditma <laughs> Park. Fantastic. So that was fantastic. So shout out to everybody. They, they put on a great show there and uh, enjoy going there each year. And, um, you know, I'm sure they'll win a few games this year and 
um, you know, have a good solid season. Okay, let's head up the highway now. We'll go up to Maroochydore. We've got two teams to go today, and they're the teams that played off in last year's grand final. So Maroochydore, Ben Jones, um, the ex-Lions and Swans Academy coach, um, and I think he was a senior assistant there last year as the coach. And um, they played off in a grand final last year. What's yep. what's been happening in the off season up in Maroochydore? Yeah, so Maroochydore came into the competition two years ago, up from Division One, and have done miraculously well. Actually, uh, in their first year, they managed to make the finals, and last year, uh, they finished sixth in the home and away season, and then went on a bit of a giant killing run, um, knocking off uh, Redland and Morningside and, and Labrador in a thriller. You know, running over the top of teams in the last quarter to make the grand final, and and again, they were very competitive for three and a half quarters. Uh, in the grand final, so they've done a terrific job to to shore up their place in the quaffle, and and uh, there's no doubt about it that they're competing very well at the level. So uh, well done to them. Um, they've also recruited a few good players for the coming season. So they've got Lucas Kanga, a midfielder from South Australia, played a bit of Sandful for Glenelg, and has won a league medalist um, in Northern Areas Footy Association. Darcy Hanson from South Barwon. Mark Nielsen is key defender from South Australia as well. And you know, Jaron Ostrom is a midfielder from the Mornington Peninsula League. Uh, so they've managed to add to their list again. Uh, however, they probably have lost a couple of good players. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle the loss of Jacob Simpson, possibly the premier ruckman in the competition last year, and Josh Philo, one of their, their, their key midfielders, and, and Michael Stephen who's very handy for them last year as a, as a big-bodied player, um, did a very good job for them. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. And, and who are the ones to watch there? or Have they identified anyone as likely to have a breakout season? Yeah, well, some of our listeners may remember Sam Michael from the Brisbane Lions. His younger brother, Jordan, apparently has, has had a great pre-season and, and uh, is looking to go. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. And... Maroochydore, look, they're, they're very um, keen to foster the Sunshine Coast players in particular and bring their club together. Um, so that they're one of the few clubs that's got a Quaffle women and a Quaffle men's team and a Div 3 team. And at times they've been training all together um, and just trying to make their club a, a great place to be and a great community. So, um, so well done to them. Uh, as I said, they've probably overperformed against expectations the last couple of years. And I'm sure they'll be more than competitive this year. And um, what a place to play your footy too, Maroochydore. Can't, yeah, be, can't be all bad up there. Yeah, it's not a bad little trip up each year to the sunny coast. Quite enjoy and that one. And they've got a, they've got a, a truckload, haven't they, of um, Brisbane Lions Academy players playing for them? Yeah, they've got about 11 Brisbane Academy players. So obviously once the Academy series ends, I think at the end of April or thereabouts, yep. uh, they'll be... They'll filter back through. They'll filter back through and they'll be boosted by, by those as well. Okay, so we go... From the north coast to the south coast and we come to the, the Broadbeach Football Club. Craig O'Brien, 114 games with Essence and Kilda and the Swans. He's their coach. Um, he's been there. How long's Craig been the coach there? Uh, I think it's his third season. Third season now. So, look, reigning premiers. How do you th- what, what's happening at Broadbeach at the moment? Yeah, so, look, Broadbeach, uh, th- they felt that to, with the competition going up a gear if they rested on their laurels and didn't improve that then, you know, the Aspleys and the Redlands and the Labradors and a lot of the teams that are chasing after them would overtake really quickly. So the focus was to improve from last year to this year. So uh, with that in mind, they're able to get some pretty good recruits, I think. Bradley Lynch probably 
the the marquee there played nine AFL games with the Western Bulldogs a few years ago, and Jared would know him from um, his days at the Sharks. Yeah, he spent a year with the Sharks. He's a very talented young man, Brad Lynch. So looking forward to see how he goes. Uh, Sam Barnett's a mid half forward from St Kevin's. Uh, Oscar McKinley is a little forward from um, Bendigo, so he looks pretty clever. And I guess uh, the other name that people are probably a bit interested in is Jared Harbrow. Will he uh, play any games? Is there a chance? Oh, there's definitely a chance. He had a run on the weekend in a practice game. Yep. Uh, he does have Suns commitments. He still works for yeah, the Gold right. Suns. So he'll have a li- limited availability. And, you know, his, his focus for the club is around development and, and trying to bring the next group through. But no doubt he'll play a few games along the way. That's fantastic to have someone like that involved with the club. Did they? What? What have we? Who have we lost from Broadbeach this year? Yeah. So Jacob Welsh um, and Ty Armitage, two experienced players, will have been lost. They've retired. Uh, they will be missed. But you know, obviously, the club is hoping that you know some of the young guys that played in the grand final last year will be able to uh, improve and 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 develop. And you know, Ryan Pickering, young ruckman from from up north, been with the club about three years now. Braden Taylor and Riley Winter, who are Broadbeach juniors, have had great pre-seasons and their pre-season form in, in the games over the weekend and so forth have been terrific. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing how they progress over um, the time. Okay. Just one thing, Jared, with the QAFL and the VFL, is there a relationship that you guys have with the local clubs in the QAFL? Yeah, so all? we basically have an alignment with the four Gold Coast clubs. Um, the guys can sign at whichever club they look, they want, but obviously if they're all living on the coast, we prefer them not to be travelling and playing yep. with the local clubs. So um, I think with Brody, I think we've got about 11 players aligned with Brody. So when they're not playing VFL for Southport, they'll be playing QAFL for Broadbeach. And we've got uh, a group at Palm Beach, a group at Surface and a group at Labrador. So we've got a vested interest in, in the Gold Coast QAFL clubs and we hope that they all... Uh, make it deep into September because it's it's great for them, it's great for footy on the Gold Coast and, and it's great for us to have our players be able to stay match fit for as long as possible. That's excellent. And it, and it does foster a great relationship between the teams and that, that's only good for footy, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And it's, uh, you know, we've, we've, got a, we've employed a coach this year specifically to go and watch these kids play at QAFL level. Oh. So we're getting, you know, the, the up-to-date information on how they're travelling and we're making selections uh, at VFL level based on what's coming back from our coach. Excellent. Brendo, mighty fine review of four teams. We've got four teams to go next week and we'll look forward to that. Okay, into the last segment, which is the look ahead. Now, Brendo, I will kick this off because I'm looking, I've got so much to look forward to this week. Um, the first thing is I'm, I'm on my way to Park Ridge on Saturday. So Park Ridge, here I come. Why Park Ridge, Rob? Because Dane Swan is playing for the Park Ridge Pirates this Saturday. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Swanee's Swanee. I don't know how it's going to how it's all playing out because I believe there's a sportsman's night the night before, which worries me with Swanee about how he'll pull up the next day. But he's playing. They're playing the Jindalee Jags, and um, we got a special request from from Park Ridge to come out and review the canteen. So I'll be definitely doing that as well as um, having a look how Dane Swan goes for the day. But um, it should be a few people through the door. So. Just on that, um, any club that has any functions or anything like that that want want us to shout them out, put them on our Facebook page, please just let us know. We, we will put them and we'll give a shout-out to anything that is helping a football club in South East Queensland. 
for sure. So we'll be out there. It's $5 to get in. And I think the game is at 2 o'clock. The reserves are at 11.30. Um, don't know how keen I'll be to go and watch reserves at Park Ridge without Dane Swan playing. But um, I'll definitely be out there watching that. So that is something I am really looking forward to this week. And myself, I'm going to the footy on Saturday as well. Uh, so it's actually my birthday on Saturday. Oh, happy birthday, Brenda. Have a good day, mate. Yeah. And my wife said to me, oh, so are we out to dinner on Saturday night for your birthday? And... My response naturally was, well, does a pie and chips out at Metricon Stadium, does that count as out for dinner? Your your wife is, I would say your wife is the most understanding woman in the world, but um, I think both our wives are, so I'm not surprised that she's letting you go to the footy. Is she coming with you to the footy? She, I believe she's coming with me, and I, th- I think my son Thomas will be there as well. Yep. Uh, he'll be smarting off his uh, super coach, coach loss. Well, yeah, let, let's give a bit of an update on the super coach because I've got the, the result here and it is um, Brendo scoring 2,323 points up against Terrific Tom on 2,247. <laughs> First time I've been able to use the canned applause. Uh, Brendo, what happened there? Well, I'm a March champion of super coach. You just wait a few weeks and... Uh, Wait a few weeks and we'll see what happens, yeah, after, we'll see that, what eh? happens after that. Um, yeah, well, I haven't spoken to Tom, but I am going to speak to him this week and just find out what the heck happened there because I'm a bit disappointed because I, I definitely gave him the wrap-up um, and he's let me down a little bit, but I'm sure he's going to take over there quickly. One last thing before we do head off. Um, Gympie Football Club, the, the Gympie Cats, are having a charity event this Saturday to raise money um, for the flood flood victims and the local sporting clubs. So there's auctions, raffles um, to raise money and it will be hosted by Billy Mitchell from Century 21 who's doing them a, a good job there from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock at the Gympie Sports Club at on at 2 Shield Street, Gympie. So if there's anyone up in that area um, that would like to help them out and go down and support them, that would be fantastic. Yeah. And I did hear through the grapevine that the Gympie Cats were pretty devastated by the recent floods yeah so, so any of our listeners can get out and support that event That'd if be they're fantastic. up in that area i'm sure they will huge thanks to jared um really appreciate you coming in and spending some time with us today no worries boys thoroughly good, enjoyed it good luck for the vfl season coming Thank and um, enjoy punt road on on yeah, sunday morning i'm sure there'll be five thousand richmond supporters there so, yeah. so it'll be a good challenge we might get an email from you on monday maybe give us a bit of a bit of a review of wh- oh, how that was not a problem excellent brendo thanks, jared Brenda, well done, mate. Thanks again. That's episode three done, and we will be back next week with Queensland Corridor Footy Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Platinum Standard Grading. The future of grading has arrived.